Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, January 25th. Ian Cameron uh, with you. Alex P. Smith will be back tomorrow on the Thursday edition of the show. And we are here to break down the Wednesday uh, NHL slate. We have five games on tap tonight for a Wednesday night. Before we get into the uh, Wednesday night action, we want to look back on last night. And first and foremost, we want to thank everybody that either tuned in or joined us live on the BetCast stream last night. Um, it was an excellent BetCast. It was terrific. Uh, as always, it's always fun. It's always enjoyable. Last night, it was extra enjoyable because that was one of our biggest, I think, turnouts in terms of people on the actual broadcast, people that actually showed up to join us on the actual stream, on the actual live BetCast. In terms of people showing up, that was about as good as it, it's been in our history last night. It got to the point where if there was a couple more people that were about to join the stream, we'd have to turn you away and say, you know what, we're, there's no room at the inn. You know, there's no vacancy. You know, you, you, we're stuck here. So it got to that point almost last night where we would have actually had to turn people away, you know, if there had been a couple more people that had showed up uh, in the uh, BetCast at uh, some point last night. But it was phenomenal. It's just a great type of feel and a vibe to it. It's just, uh, you know, fun discussion back and forth. Bunch of people that love hockey, hockey fans, hockey betters, uh, and just watching the games unfold, all of us at the same time in real time and just talking about it, live bets, uh, fun commentary, just uh, cool, you know, have some laughs, you know, a little bit as well. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. And that's what we try to uh, aim for when it comes to the uh, BetCast, uh, no question, last night. So it was very uh, fun, as always, uh, and we've got plenty more to come in terms of uh, BetCasts uh, as we will move to a once-per-week format with the Ice Guys Live BetCast starting uh, next month uh, in February once the Super Bowl uh, passes by. So uh, we are looking forward to becoming a weekly BetCast uh, for the rest of the season starting uh, in February. Uh, and uh, you see, uh, if you missed out, and I know there's a couple people that were uh, disappointed they couldn't join us last night, don't you worry about it. We're going to have, obviously, plenty more BetCasts the rest of the season. So, again, thank you to everyone that joined us on the stream last night and everybody that tuned in. It was a, a great uh, BetCast for our last night, our first one for 2023. And like I said, there's many more uh, still to come. All right, let's quickly look back at last night. Uh, we saw Boston rally back from a deficit which they've done a bunch this year to beat Montreal 4-2 to two, uh, last night. So a solid win for the uh, Bruins. Not playing their best hockey, but how many times have we seen them not play their best and still find a way to win? And that's what they did last night against Montreal. Uh, L.A. beating Philadelphia in overtime by a score of 4-3. Phoenix Copley absolutely robbed the Flyers in overtime. They come back down, and Kevin Fiala scores the game winner uh, in that one. Tampa Bay, 4-2 against Minnesota. One of the highlights of the BetCast for me, Alex, few people actually, was uh, live betting Tampa Bay uh, when they were down 2-1 to one, uh, in that game, and it was plus 170, plus 160, plus 170 around that price uh, at the time, uh, and the Lightning ended up coming back and getting the 4-2 uh, to two victory uh, over the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, as they uh, get uh, back in the win column following a disappointing end of their road trip where they lost two in a row in Alberta against Calgary and Edmonton. San Jose, Detroit. Uh, Detroit pulls out a 3-2 overtime win. Disappointing with uh, live over and pregame over to not cash either with a third period that went scoreless. Uh, but nevertheless, Red Wings get a 3-2 win there. New Jersey breaks my heart a little bit uh, as I took a shot with Vegas plus 160. They're up 2-1 to one, uh, late in the third. Dougie Hamilton just uh, single-handedly willing New Jersey to victory, ties it and wins it in overtime on the power play. Uh, a bad deflection, actually. Changed direction off, uh, deflected off uh, a Vegas Golden Knight in front, and that was the tying goal. And then, of course, you just can't give New Jersey a power play in overtime. That's two games in a row at home against Pittsburgh and Vegas. They've won with an overtime power play goal, courtesy of Dougie Hamilton. Same player as well. So New Jersey with a 3-2 win as they keep their momentum rolling as uh, they've bounced back following their 
bad run throughout much of the month of December. Nashville with a 2-1 to win against Winnipeg and a great goaltending battle between Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros uh, in that one. Anaheim 5-2 over Arizona. Just a listless performance from the Coyotes last night, letting Anaheim just roll into your building and just basically dummy you from start to finish. Not a good look if you're the Coyotes at all last night. Uh, Colorado survives a 3-2 victory over Washington uh, last night in Denver. Uh, another game with pretty good goaltending both sides. Kemper and Georgiev were solid. Uh, Ovechkin scores, but it isn't enough. And Colorado gets a 3-2 win against Washington. Buffalo with a 5-3 win against St. Louis. Again, they cash as a road dog against an averaged or better hockey team. And they did it again last night against the uh, St. Louis Blues. 5-3 game goes over the total. So that was a nice uh, game uh, for me. 2-0 uh, sweep with the uh, Sabres and the over there. Uh, we saw, of course, last night as well, um, Vancouver get the uh, first win uh, under their new head coach, Rick Talk, at 5-2. And really, um, you know, they deserve the victory, clearly. The shots on goal were lopsided. Over 40 shots on goal for the Canucks. They hold Chicago to fewer than 20. So it was, you know, really complete and utter dominance by the uh, Vancouver Canucks last night. But as always, with them, nothing comes easily. Uh, even in a game where you are out shooting Chicago, I think 42-10 to 10 at one point, you're still tied 2-2 somehow uh, early in the third period. But then, bang, bang, the Canucks scored two in quick succession uh, last night uh, with uh, uh, Dakota Joshua and Sheldon Dries getting the back-to-back -back goals for the Canucks to make it 4-2. And then they uh, put it away with Bo Horvat into the empty net and a 5-2 win over Chicago as they win their first game with their new bench boss, uh, Rick Tockett. All right, so that was last night. Um, let's see if we can... Uh, have a solid Wednesday night on the horizon in NHL action. Five games, and we will begin with the New York Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs. This is TNT, a doubleheader tonight, as always, on a Wednesday night. This is the first game of the doubleheader on TNT tonight, Rangers and Leafs. Currently, it is Toronto, minus 155 to minus 160. Home favorites, six the total, shaded to the under. Um you know, from a just from just looking at where this price is here uh, on the Leafs going into this game against the uh, Rangers, you know, it does look like to me there's a little value on New York. Uh, and, you know, often, you know, in the past, you know, when the Rangers have been a road underdog here in Toronto, uh, I have jumped on them and they've been, you know, they've been kind of this price range. You know, they were actually plus 130 a couple of years ago, plus 150 last year. But normally I'm interested in the Rangers here uh, in a road underdog spot. Uh, and they play pretty good hockey on the road. They actually have a better road record than at home this year, the Rangers, 14-8 and eight, uh, away from home. The Leafs have been excellent, though, here at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, they're now 18-7 and seven, uh, on home ice. A bit of a detour from past seasons with the Leafs where they've honestly played better hockey uh, on the road sometimes than at home but that's not been the case this year home cooking's been very good to them if you look they're entering this game on a five game home winning streak against Detroit Nashville Florida Winnipeg Islanders so this team's playing very good hockey at home I'm not as in a rush to go against the Leafs here tonight um, that being said I do think there's some value on the Rangers so uh, I have not bet the side in this game I don't think I will uh, you've got, obviously, the battle uh, of the two uh, Russian netminders tonight expected here in this uh, matchup, which should, and look, obviously, we know Igor Shosturkin is the uh, reigning Vesna Trophy winner who had a bit of a slow start to the season, but uh, is expected to, um, uh, you know, it's, I think played a lot better here the last month or so. Uh, and then, of course, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, it's been uh, Ilya Samsonov, who's just been uh, absolutely outstanding lately. Uh, for the Leafs. You've got to give him a lot of credit. He has been uh, excellent in between the pipes here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and especially at home. Uh, I believe, if I, I heard correctly the other night, Samsonov only has one regulation loss as a starting goaltender this week, for, uh, this season for the Leafs on home ice. You know, he has been really, really strong uh, for Toronto here at home. So, you know, I, I for me, the lean is absolutely toward the Rangers based on the price you're getting, plus 135. But I am not as just, you know, rushing, uh, rushing at this moment in time to uh, go against Toronto with the way they've played on home ice uh, as of late. And uh, another thing, too, they're playing a Rangers team that got to the Eastern Conference final last year. You know how it works with the Leafs when it's a team that gets them really fired up. 
you know, sometimes they'll lose their games to the Detroits of the world and the Montreals of the world and San Jose. And, you know, they'll play down to competition often, this Leafs team. But they have regularly, when they've played a Tampa Bay or a Boston or, you know, tonight, the New York Rangers, when they play one of the better teams, you get them focused, you get them, you know, playing their best, playing with urgency, playing fast, you know, playing with the purpose uh, a lot more. So I think these are the games that get the most out of the Leafs. It's also a rare TNT national television south of the border showcase for the Leafs. The Leafs don't get on national TV in the States a ton. They get on a national TV games probably more than they used to because ESPN and TNT have been more willing to put Canadian teams, you know, on their uh, national television uh, schedule this year. Uh, no question about that. But, uh, you know, they often here in the regular season have played uh, extremely well here, uh, you know, against better teams. So uh, to me, it wouldn't shock me if the Leafs win. But I don't like the price necessarily. I do think there's value on the Rangers. So I'll, we'll throw out a lean to the Rangers. But pregame, I don't have anything side or total in this game. Uh, the Leafs at home have kind of been scoring goals in bunches. Um, you know, you look at what they've been able to do here on home ice lately. Uh, four goals against Detroit. Uh, the 2-1 the game against Nashville uh, was a low-scoring game at home. That was a TNT game as well a couple weeks ago. And it was another great goaltending battle. Murray and... Um, Taros were in net that night. It was a great goaltending battle. But other than that one game, Toronto has been kind of, you know, trending over and kind of scoring goals on home ice. The last three home games in particular, they've scored uh, a grand total of 14 goals in the last three home games. So they have been firing away offensively. Two of those games went over. But you've got two goaltenders playing well. Uh, Shesterkin has played a lot better here as of late. Samsonov's on a terrific run right now he is in a zone he's locked in and the under has cashed in three of the last four head-to-head meetings between the rangers and the leafs so probably has me leaning under when it's all said and done this kind of feels like you know we saw the tnt game in toronto with predators leafs two weeks ago two to one final score the goaltending was excellent i could see it being that i could see it being maybe a little bit higher scoring so for that reason that's why side and total i think tricky game uh and uh but i do lean under i do lean rangers uh, from a side and a totals perspective, I might look at a couple props. Look, William Nylander and Callie Yarncroke are, are the two that you've got to think about on the Toronto side. Nylander is just a absolute going concern right now uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He had a four point night against the Islanders. We've talked about I'm going, going back, back to Callie, Callie. We've talked about Callie Yarncroke repeatedly here on this show. He has scored in back to back games for the Leafs. He has three points as well. Uh, in the last four games for Toronto. So if you're going to uh, go on a prop with player props tonight in this game on the Toronto side, you have to start and end with William Nylander and Callie Yarncroke, as far as I'm concerned with the way they have been uh, playing of late for the Leafs, you know, on the uh, side of the, uh, on the other side of the equation here, New York Rangers, uh, you know, you look at Lafreniere, a goal and an assist, two points. He had an assist the night, the game before against Boston, is he finally, you know, starting to show some signs of, you know, getting his game going a little bit? I mean, every time we've been looking to buy in on Alexi Lafreniere, when it just looks like he's turning a corner, he goes in another drought again. Uh, but definitely it's, you know, very uh, good to see that. And look, that whole line, the kid line is back together again. Uh, Gerard Gallant has put Lafreniere, Philip Hedel, Capo Caco back together again. And since he's done that, you know, that chemistry is definitely starting to get going again for that trio one goal one assist two points for Heedle uh, as well against the uh, Florida Panthers on uh, the uh, win on Tuesday on Monday night rather uh, and again we had two assists from Kako as well so that line was outstanding uh, in the win against Florida and any one of those three guys would be my favorite three value prop looks for the uh, New York Rangers here tonight uh, going into this game against Toronto. All right, New York Islanders, Ottawa Senators. We've got the uh, Sens minus 130 home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. I, I'm not going to you know, tell you that the Ottawa Senators are a bargain price here in this game necessarily, um, but I have no issues at all fading the New York Islanders right now. They are absolutely disastrous at the moment. Five straight losses, can't put a puck in the ocean. They have only scored more than two goals, one single game, once in the last 10 games. And that was against the uh, Washington Capitals. Oh, and by the way, they still lost that game 4-3. And they blew a 3-0 lead, in fact, losing that game 4-3. That's it. 
That's the only game the New York Islanders have scored more than two goals uh, in the last uh, 10 games. They're just not scoring. The power play sucks. It's absolutely terrible, the power play right now. Seven straight games without a power play goal for the uh, New York Islanders. I will say this, though. The one fear is the Ottawa Senator penalty kill is not much better. They've given up five power play goals in the last three games. So it's a shitty power play for the Islanders and a shitty penalty kill of the Ottawa Senators. That's uh, weakness versus weakness. Who's going to win that battle uh, here tonight uh, between the uh, Islanders and Sens? Uh, again, there's key injuries, too, for uh, the Islanders. You want to talk about someone that they absolutely will miss if he is out once again and he missed the game against Toronto the other night, and that's Noah Dobson. Okay, Noah Dobson is clearly ascending toward, I think, being right there with um, Pulak and, and, and Pellick as two of the better defensemen on this New York Islanders team. He drives the offense from the back end. He's got great skill, great vision uh, on the ice. He's been uh, solid, uh, more than solid. He's had a very good season. 10 goals, 17 assists, 27 points from the blue line in 48 games this year for the uh, Islanders. Uh, excellent work from him all year. Uh, for this Islanders team. And of course he did not play uh, against uh, Toronto uh, and we'll see if he suits up tonight against Ottawa, but not a sure thing that that happens. So it's definitely an impact loss there for the uh, Islanders. If he does not play uh, once again tonight, you know, on the Ottawa side of the equation, Josh Norris, they just get him back. And you got to wonder sometimes with the uh, medical teams for some of these teams, like clearly he, he probably shouldn't have come back in the first place, but they, they brought him back and sure enough, he gets injured once again, that shoulder. And now he is forced basically to uh, undergo uh, season-ending shoulder surgery. So Josh Norris's season done for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, he missed a bunch of time, came back, and now his season is over for them. Uh, but Ottawa, you look at their uh, recent games, they've obviously they've not been a whole lot better than the Islanders. But, you know, you look at some of these games at home in particular, you know, they were able to get a win in overtime against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they lost their last two against uh, uh, Winnipeg and the second of the back-to-back -back that they played in the home-and-home -home series against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see if they're able to rebound here. Islanders have won four straight, and they have won nine of ten against Ottawa. So it has been a series that's been controlled by the New York Islanders. But just don't like anything I'm seeing out of this group. Uh, Ottawa does still have a better home record, much better home record than they do uh, on the road. And same thing with the uh, Islanders. Islanders on the season are just 10 and 15 uh, on the road. So the Islanders have been good long-term against the uh, Senators. But think about how when you're looking at season series history, you've got to have some inkling in your mind. Where were these teams in those 10 past head-to-head -head meetings? Well, I'll tell you, the Islanders for years were one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. This was a team that went to the Eastern Conference final, you know, two years in a row. And Ottawa had some really bad teams as well. Uh, so when you look at the fact the Islanders are 9-1 and one in the last 10 meetings, well, the Islanders were pretty damn good in much of those games, much of those years. And Ottawa was languishing as one of the worst teams in the NHL for much of those years. That's not necessarily the case anymore. These two teams are pretty close to even right now, especially the way uh, the New York Islanders are struggling. So I'm sticking with Ottawa here, minus 130. It looks like it's going to be uh, Varlamov and uh, Talbot going to be your goaltenders here in this game tonight for the uh, respective teams. I mean, Ottawa, they really, they're in a tough spot because it's not like either of their goaltenders right now are stepping up and, you know, shutting the door and stealing games for them right now. And they kind of need to be that uh, for their respective teams. I thought though for Talbot, who's going to be in net tonight, the last start he had against Pittsburgh, they lost 4-1, but I thought he played pretty well. You know, he faced 44 shots in that game and he turned aside 40. So he faced a lot of rubber. You know, I think he did about the, as a good a job as you could ask for uh, from him. And if you look at Varlamov, he's dropped two straight starts here in the month of January. Four goals allowed to Calgary, four goals allowed to Boston. Uh, identical 4-1 to one losses in the two starts this month with Semyon Varlamov in net for the uh, New York Islanders. So this is definitely uh, Ottawa for me. Uh, if I'm betting this one and minus 130, I like Ottawa here. I actually lean over. I actually lean over here in this game. The Islanders, again, I think with Dobson out too, it hurts them both ends of the ice, but especially in their own end. They've given up now five goals in back-to-back -back games. 
again, the defensive play just hasn't been nearly as good for the uh, Islanders. And, and as a result, you look at, I believe, their overall totals record. It's, you know, they still have cashed three unders more than overs this year. But at the same time, you're you're talking about a situation where they are definitely struggling more defensively. So uh, Ottawa's the primary bet. I like the side more than the total, but uh, maybe a smaller look over six here as well with Islanders and Senators tonight. Uh, as far as the uh, prop market goes uh, for this one for Ottawa, uh, there's obviously been great uh, play lately from a bunch of different players. There's a bunch of changes tonight for Ottawa, and I think it's a nice game from a prop standpoint with the Senators that you could capitalize on a bunch of different situations here. Matthew Joseph is moving up to the top line with Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk tonight. All right, that is significant because Matthew Joseph is going to be totally mispriced uh, in the prop market uh, as a result. Moving on up to that top unit, not going to be a price like it, obviously, which is always the case. It's uh, one of the situations we consistently focus on, players moving up the lineup. And he's plus 550 to score a goal tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators, playing with you know Stutzla and Kachuk, two of their you know top forwards right there on that top line. And we also have uh, called up from the uh, AHL, and not only called up from the AHL, but he's going to get an opportunity to showcase himself in a top six forward role tonight between Giroux and Debrinket. You know, another nice, you know, tandem of wingers to play with. Ridley Gregg uh, is going to be uh, getting that opportunity uh, here tonight uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators as well, uh, centering the second line. So not only called up, not only in the lineup, but centering the second line is Ridley Gregg here between uh, just Claude Giroux and Alex Debrinket and his prop, you know, you could look at it. there's a goal prop is plus 490. Uh, there's power play point props out there for him. Again, not all books have these two guys, especially Greg, but even Matthew Joseph, you know, not every book has props on him. But look for the books that do have props for those two players, because definitely uh, you're going to end up looking at uh, a couple uh, of players that are totally undervalued based on their position in the lineup with Joseph on the top line and Ridley Gregg centering the uh, second line here for uh, the uh, Ottawa Senators tonight. So there's a couple value-laden uh, prop options for the uh, Senators here uh, in this game tonight. Uh, and for the, I will throw out one for the Islanders. Anders Lee's done the best he's, he could. He's the best he can for this team. He's the one guy that's really still bringing it nightly. Uh, he had two goals against the Leafs, three points in the last two games. Uh, Casey Sezikis is on the top line right now for the Islanders. Again, Lane Lambert's trying to find something to spark this team. And I think he figures you need a little bit more of a heavy forechecking presence, physical presence on that top line. Sezikis brings that uh, alongside Matt Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, I think that's the, uh, the, the onus and the thought process uh, to put Sezikis up there. Physical, uh, open things up for his line mates by getting the puck, doing the grunt work, uh, heavy forecheck. Uh, and open things up a little bit and help those two guys offensively. So Sezikis on the top line, uh, definitely value. Again, doesn't mean he's going to produce, doesn't mean he's going to cash your, your your prop bets, but he's going to get the opportunity. He's going to play the minutes. He's going to be on the top line, and that's all you can ask for when you're getting prices like you can get with a guy like Casey Sezikis tonight, plus 600 <laughs> to score a goal. He's on the top line. So uh, not a bad option there from a value standpoint for the Islanders tonight. All right, next up, Carolina-Dallas. We've got even money, minus 110 both sides, six the total uh, in this game. Dallas looking to bounce back, tough overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres. I cashed a ticket, of course, with Buffalo uh, on Monday night in that overtime win against the uh, Dallas Stars. A healthy price, that was, plus 160 uh, as well on the uh, Buffalo Sabres in that victory against the Dallas Stars. You'll probably get Dallas playing uh, better. The focus should be there. This is a big game, big opponent coming to town from the other conference uh, with Carolina uh, coming in. Carolina's won four of their last five uh, coming into this game. They uh, beat Minnesota and the Islanders uh, in back-to-back -back games. Uh, Dallas now looking to respond here again, like I said, after uh, the loss against the uh, Sabres. Uh, I'll tell you what, Carolina has had no issues winning away from home. In fact, their their road record is pretty exemplary, 15-10. Uh, and 10. Uh, on the road this season. In fact, slightly better um, road record than home record for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So I, I honestly lean Carolina here a little bit. I mean, I, I think they're, I just think they're a little bit better at the moment, current form wise than the uh, Dallas Stars. Dallas has been a little, it's a little concerning what I've seen from Dallas lately. Like if you actually put their recent wins into context, 
They beat a Florida team that was reeling when they played Florida, right? They played the Islanders, who stink right now. All right, that was another win in January. They played Vegas, who are beaten up to shit, riddled with injuries, kind of struggling. They beat Vegas. Uh, they did have a pretty good win against LA. I'll give them that. That was a solid win. And then they shut out a lousy Arizona team. So, you know, and, and you look at the losses, Buffalo and Calgary and Rangers, uh, you know, against the better teams, there's been some slip ups. There's been some uh, L's being taken uh, by this Dallas Stars team uh, going into this game tonight. Uh, we'll see uh, if they're able to bounce back, but I don't think it's a given they will. Uh, again, it looks like for Carolina, by the way, Jacob Slavin and look, our, Great, uh, I think it was um, Matt uh, Matt Trinite, who was uh, one of our guys on the uh, BetCast last night. He's a Carolina fan. Uh, he actually was talking a little bit about Slavin and just, you know, not given the due he deserves uh, by a lot of pundits and by a lot of just hockey observers for just how steady and strong and and just just really sound. Sound as it gets in his own end defensively for this team and how he's been that way really for years. Uh, he is doubtful to play tonight with a lower body injury, uh, and he did not play either the uh, previous game against the uh, Islanders. So this would be a second consecutive game that he would miss. But I will say this, the guy that's actually taking his spot on that pairing with Brent Burns is Jalen Chatfield, and he's actually played well, this kid. Uh, Jalen Chatfield. So uh, he's uh, done a really nice job for this uh, Hurricanes team filling in for uh, Slavin. Uh, he actually scored in the uh, game against the Islanders the other night. So uh, you got to give him credit. And it's actually a guy that used to be in the Vancouver Canucks organization. And yet here he is now with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And, you know, it could, apparently wasn't good enough to stick in Vancouver. And he ends up playing here in uh, Carolina. And all of a sudden, this guy in the last five games, he has three goals and five points uh, in the last five games, all from the blue line for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about, you know, just real bargain bin value in terms of a player prop tonight. Jalen Chatfield of Carolina, uh, plus 1,200 to score a goal. I mean, I wish there were points props. Where are the points props here? Come on, you guys. None of the books have points props right now on Chatfield and he's got five in the last five games. So very disappointing that that is definitely worth a couple bucks. Someone in the chat here. Uh, I think he changed his name. I think this is Cubano's cheesecake. He's now the Cuban Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you can't stick handle and, and, and skate and score like Wayne Gretzky. Come on. But I know what you're saying. Uh, the Cuban <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. It's a pretty good name though. Uh, plus 1200 to score for Chatfield. Yeah. Um, worth a, worth a look. It is. I mean, he's got three in the last five games. Uh, and like I say, five points in the last five games. Uh, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I think it's worth a, a, a sprinkle. Absolutely. Uh, going into this game. Uh, you know, on the uh, Dallas side of things in terms of uh, player props, I've always uh, talked about Wyatt Johnson. You know, J uh, Jamie Benn is playing really well right now. So maybe you ride the hot hand with him. But, you know, Wyatt Johnston uh, has got a goal and two points in the last three games for the Stars. Uh, not a bad consideration. Uh, we do have goalies, by the way, confirmed here for this game tonight. Freddie Anderson for Carolina and Jake Ottinger uh, in net for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, once again, I got to give Freddie Anderson credit. 4-0 um, and uh, in his four starts since he's been back from that injury. And he's given up just a grand total of seven goals in the four games combined. Uh, you know, so two goals or fewer in each start for Freddie Anderson since he made his return back on uh, January the 12th for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So he's clearly healthy. He's fresh as a daisy because he hadn't played in forever due to the injury. He's he's a, he's a hot-hand goaltender right now, no question for uh, Carolina. So, again, uh, Slavin's not going to play. That will hurt a little bit, but it's not like Carolina doesn't have defensive depth and a ton of quality defensive depth. They do, and so – that's the one position, too, on this Carolina team. Well, really at all positions, they've got plenty of depth. That's why they're one of the best teams in the NHL and, and the Eastern Conference. But especially on the blue line, they've shown they've got quality depth. You know, even without Slavin, they're going to ice. Rod Brindamore is going to put out a six, a, a group of six defensemen of Jalen Chatfield, Brent Burns, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Calvin DeHaan, and Dylan Coughlin. You know, that's still pretty good. I guess Dylan Coughlin out of that group is the one that's a little bit greener, a little bit lesser, less experienced. Uh, but he comes from the Vegas Golden Knights organization where he had, you know, this is a guy, Dylan Coughlin. I want to point this out as well. 
It's not some guy that's only played a handful of games in the NHL. This is a guy that played a grand total of 88 games, got into 88 games for the Vegas Golden Knights over the span of two seasons, and he's now played 11 games for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, the last uh, couple of seasons. So this is a guy now that uh, has played 100 games in the National Hockey League, uh, Dylan Coughlin, and he's your sixth defenseman tonight uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. So, you know, that is t- that tells you how much really solid depth they have back there and why I still think it's very possible they will win this game tonight against a Dallas team that has been, again, only so-so here uh, for the last uh, 10 games or so. So definitely strong lean Carolina. I'll probably put a couple uh, uh, bucks on the Hurricanes in my pocket prior uh, to puck drop here in this game. And it is worth noting, too, back and forth it's been uh, between these two teams has been a little bit of a home-dominated series, Carolina and Dallas. but. Carolina has still overall won uh, six of the last uh, 10 head-to-head meetings between these two teams. It was a 5-4 win for the Hurricanes against the uh, Stars uh, earlier this season. Like I said, uh, I definitely think I would go toward, lean toward here, the uh, Carolina side in this game. It is worth noting, too, Carolina, kind of an over-trending team, yet 9-1 to the over, by the way, for uh, Carolina in the last 10 games. They've been over machines all of a sudden, but I don't necessarily think that could be the kind of game we see here tonight. The the head-to-head series is four of the last five have gone over as well. But you've got Anderson, who's been very good. You've got um, Jake Ottinger in net, who off a loss is usually, you know, someone that plays better the next time out. And Dallas has gone under, by the way, three straight games. So probably still would lean under, but I won't be touching the total here. uh, In this game, I will be uh, looking at Carolina here, minus 110. I've just, you know, we've had, We've had great success with this team. They've they've obviously been very strong here for the last, uh, I would say, month. They've been uh, ascending. Uh, clearly up in my power ratings, they're ascending. They're a top five team in the NHL in my power ratings right now, uh, Carolina. So minus 110 feels like decent price, good price, in fact, to uh, go with the uh, Hurricanes here in this one. All right, that is the first half of the uh, card. We've got two games left to break down the two later games on this Wednesday slate. Uh, Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it very much. We'll be right back uh, after uh, we hear from the first of our two sponsors, Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the uh, ice, guys. All right, we got two games left here on this Wednesday slate. Columbus Blue Jackets, Edmonton Oilers. We've got Edmonton minus 390, home favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this one, the uh, Blue Jackets, of course. It's very interesting to see how this team plays tonight because if there's one game that's not going to feel like a regular or a normal regular season game, it would be that game that they played uh, the other night on Tuesday against Calgary, or on Monday, I should say, against Calgary. Uh, that was not a normal regular season game. All the hoopla, all the chatter, all the hype and anticipation of Johnny Gaudreau making his return to Calgary for the first time since leaving the Flames in the offseason and signing with the Jackets uh, in uh, the offseason. And uh, all of a sudden, that game became more than just your normal regular season game. And to be honest with you, it's going to look on the scoreboard like, man, what a great effort from Columbus. Uh, They took Calgary to overtime. They lost 4-3, but they got dominated. They got dominated. Their puck management was horrid. It was an absolute shit show in their own end defensively against Calgary. I couldn't believe the amount of egregious turnovers we saw from the Blue Jackets uh, the other night against Calgary. And they're very fortunate they even had a puncher's chance. They're even, they're beyond fortunate they got a point out of that hockey game. 
And Jonas Corposalo deserves a whole lot of credit. I thought he played pretty well with the team just coughing up the puck left and right in front of him throughout that entire hockey game. Uh, faced 49 shots, turned aside 45 uh, of those 49 Calgary shots. Of course, it ends up being a Dylan Dubé overtime winner, uh, sealing a 4-3 win for uh, Cal Calgary in that game. Uh, it just, you know, for from a defensive standpoint for uh, Columbus, that was a horrendous game. Again, Calgary could add seven or eight in that game, never mind the four. Uh, not a good uh, result, defensive showing. Uh, they give up three to San Jose before that, five to Anaheim. Uh, it's just not a team. They've been horrible defensively all season, don't get me wrong, but uh, it continues to be that way for the uh, Jackets. And, and again, it's they've actually started to get a few, couple of their defensemen back, Blankenberg, uh, the kid out of Michigan just came back, but they're still without. Obviously, Bean and Wierenski are still out on the blue line. Uh, up front, talked about how they've been banged up there with Meyer, Voracek, Danforth, Shinnikov, Tessier, uh, all out for the uh, Jackets. Uh, definitely something that uh, they haven't been able to overcome that. Uh, Corpusalo is back in net tonight for the uh, Blue Jackets. And again, um, he, he by default, he's the best goalie they have just because Merzlikens has been just absolutely struggling mightily. We've talked about that ad nauseum, how, you know, the situation's not good for him there. He needs a change of scenery. I don't think he's gotten over the catastrophic events of his teammate passing away in that uh, fireworks uh, incident. Uh, that is not an issue. That's been an issue as well. So, but it will be Corpus Salo tonight for the uh, uh, Jackets in net. Patrick Kane, by the way, uh, missing practice Monday and Tuesday because he's got to handle his bankruptcy case. Uh, in San Jose, so he's got to go to court uh, for uh, as a result of this. So no Evander Kane tonight while he tends to that because of his own uh, financial issues that he's had in the past. Uh, so he won't play for the Oilers, which means Jay Woodcroft gets a chance to experiment here. And obviously you miss Evander Kane. And Evander Kane's just started to, I think, get some of his rhythm, some of his timing back. It's not something that's going to happen overnight uh, when you've been out for the uh, long period of time that he has. So uh for him to, uh, you know, just come back, try to get some of his timing back, and now all of a sudden be out again, kind of disappointing uh, that uh, he can't build on it, and he has to miss, uh, even if, if it's just one or two games, that he has to miss it all is probably a little uh, frustrating because he's just trying to get back in rhythm. Uh, as far as the lineup tonight, it looks like Leon, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, slated to be the top line for Edmonton. So it's load up the top line tonight for uh, Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Kaleem Costin. The Nuge, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Matthias Yanmark, uh, the second line, Fogel, McLeod, and Puyo Yarvi uh, on the third line for the uh, Oilers, Holloway, Ryan, and Dayarnay uh, on the uh, fourth line. So that's what we're looking at for the uh, Oilers. Uh, Stuart Skinner is going to be uh, in net tonight for the uh, Edmonton uh, Oilers. Again, we've seen more of a, uh, a willingness to put Jack Campbell in in recent games by uh, Jay Woodcroft because obviously Jack uh, Campbell has started to get his game at least gradually uh, back on track. But we did see Skinner uh, last time against Vancouver. He got the uh, four to two win uh, for uh, in that uh, victory over the uh, Canucks. But like I said, Campbell uh, got the a uh, couple of starts before that uh, against uh, Tampa Bay uh, and also against uh, Seattle and was pretty good uh, in those two victories. So it looks like I think we're going to get more of a back and forth now throughout the uh, rest of the regular season for the Edmonton goaltending between Skinner and uh, Campbell the rest of the way. Uh, Edmonton is, uh, I don't know what more you can say other than wow to describe how the offense is clicking uh, as of late for them. If you go all the way back to January the 9th, uh, this team is uh, scoring a lot of goals. Let's put it that way. Uh, they've gone over, by the way, 5-1-1 one, and one to the over their last seven games. Uh, they've scored 3 6 7 4 5 five and four uh, during this uh, seven game span. So it's been impressive to witness how this offense has started to get going 20, 25, 30, 34 goals uh, in those seven games for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So to me, I'm just going to go over the total. Um, I think Edmonton probably wins. I think Edmonton probably does the brunt of the scoring offensively tonight. Um, but I definitely think Columbus can chip in. The one thing we know about the Oilers is uh, even in their victories, you look at them, they gave up two to Seattle, three to Tampa, two to Vancouver, three to Vegas, uh, two to Anaheim, one to San Jose. So there's a couple games they gave up two or less, but more often than not, they're going to give up you know, three goals to their opponent, at least two. And I think if Columbus gets to two 
tonight, Edmonton will get five. I think an excellent chance to get five against this uh, Jackets team, which is just a train wreck in their own end, and a Jackets team that's just given up a shit ton of shots uh, as well to some of the better teams they've played. That's been an issue. I mean, you look at games against Carolina, games against uh, Tampa Bay, games against Calgary the other night. They gave up 40-plus shots in all of those games. The games that are not giving up 40 shots, it's San Jose and Anaheim, and it's a Nashville team that's not going to push pace, and it's not you know, an offensive juggernaut by any stretch. But the games against really good teams with potency offensively, Jackets are giving up you know, 40-plus uh, shots routinely. So uh, Edmonton probably wins. I, obviously, I'm not, I don't feel the least bit comfortable uh, you know, laying minus 380. I think if you're going to – Take Edmonton. You've you've got to go the uh, first period puck line route minus a half uh, plus a hundred. Uh, not bad. I just don't. I also don't know what we're going to get out of the Jackets emotionally and physically and just all of that. You know, being you have to be locked in if you're going to have even a puncher's chance to upset the Oilers tonight. But coming off the big Johnny Gaudreau return night to Calgary, that's a big question. What are you going to get from this Jackets team? Uh, will they rise up? You know, will they go from that game and say, hey, we had a chance to win. Let's let's really show what we've got tonight. Or will they be a little bit, you know, f- not flat, but tough to, you know, pull yourself up off the mat following a game that I think there was extra emphasis on just because, you know, Johnny's their one of their better players. He's their teammate now. They, they wanted to rally around him in his return to Calgary. It may not be easy to play that uh, well and stick with his Edmonton team through three periods tonight. Again, each of the last two meetings has gone over the total between uh, these two teams. Uh, Last year, they played twice. It was 5-2 in Columbus for the Jackets, and it was 5-2 Oilers in Edmonton uh, for the the Oilers in that game against the Jackets. So over 6.5 here in this one is uh, the bet I like the most. I might do a little Edmonton first period puck line. Just a small bet, but primary bet for me here is over six and a half. As far as the prop market goes uh, in this one, uh, I was all over the Johnny Gaudreau props the other night. I'd I'd pump the brakes on them a little bit here. There's probably a little bit of a hangover for him personally coming off that game against Calgary where, you know, he had two assists. He had two points. He had the missed penalty shot. Team ends up losing in overtime. We'll see if he can carry that over. Kirill Marchenko. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov is probably the, the best Kirill in the league. Well, the other Kirill, Marchenko, he's making a nice little name for himself. He's had a nice season here for the Jackets, scored a power play goal the other night against Calgary. Could look in that direction as far as a player prop on the Columbus side goes. Uh, as far as the uh, Oilers go, Zach Hyman's on a tear. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of looking at Clem Costin again on the second line. Yanmark, too, a little undervalued playing on the second line. I mean, this uh, run by Zach Hyman is just outstanding, though, right now. And again, he's going to play with the two big boys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, in this game tonight. Hyman, over the last five games, he has a grand total of 12 points. That's that's pretty nuts right there. Uh, 12 points for Zach Hyman uh, in the last five games, four goals during that span as well. So uh, Zach Hyman is just, if you want almost an automatic that someone's going to make an impact here for the Oilers, it's him right now. And again, you're still also continuing to not get quite uh, as bad, uh, you know, as bad a price with his props as say McDavid and Dreisaitl. You know, Hyman to get a goal, you know, is uh, plus uh, 125 or so to get a point, uh, obvious, or one and a half points right now is plus 140. That's not bad. He's had some multiple point games. Uh, the power play point prop is plus a 120 uh, as well for him. So again, Hyman's the one that is just uh, absolutely uh, feeling it uh, right now for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, last game, Vancouver, Seattle. Uh, we've got the uh, Kraken minus 170 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Back to back for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, after the uh, win against Chicago last night. It'll be Martin Jones in net for the uh, Kraken in this game. It is worth noting, though, the uh, Kraken missing a couple of their key forwards. Uh, Jaden Schwartz still out. It looks like Andre Burakovsky tonight for the uh, Kraken may not suit up as well. A game-time decision for him. Uh, he was also absent from the uh, loss against the uh, Colorado Avalanche on Saturday night, so we'll see if Burakovsky uh, is able to return. Uh, like I said, Martin Jones... Uh, back in net for the uh, Seattle Kraken. It is worth noting, though, with uh, Jones back in net here for the uh, Kraken, some of the luster's wearing off for Martin Jones. I mean, it's been an incredible run for him. I mean, the win-loss record is just 
sensational. If you go all the way back to uh, January the 1st, let's, yeah, let's just keep it here in this new year, uh, the month of D January here, this first month of 2023. With Martin Jones starting in net for the uh, Seattle Kraken, they are 8-1. and one. All right, 8-1 and one, uh, in Martin Jones' nine starts here uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken here in the month of November. But if you actually look at the last three starts that he's had, gives up five against Chicago, but they score eight, and they win that game. That was that crazy game where they had six goals on six shots in the first period uh, of that one, and it ended up 8-5. He gives up five against the Edmonton Oilers. They lose that game 5-2. to two. Uh, They beat New Jersey 4-3 to three, uh, as well uh, just recently, uh, and uh, he gives up, though, three goals on 30 shots. It's not been as... It's not been as clean for Martin Jones here in the last uh, few games uh, in net for them. So uh, let's see how he fares here against a Vancouver team that's on a back-to-back. Uh, -back. This, this, this was initially a game where I was like, this is a pretty tough game. It really is. But you look at Seattle here, they're off. You know, three of their last four they've lost. They had that in just a terrific road trip where they swept every game. I think it was the first time in NHL history a team on an eight-game road trip won all eight games. But since then, I mean, they had the tough spot against Tampa. They lost. They go to Edmonton back-to-back. -back. They lose that game 5-2. They do bounce back with a win in overtime against New Jersey 4-3. They lose in a shootout to uh, Colorado 2-1 on Saturday night. I mean, they're three of their last four games they've lost, and the one win was an overtime win. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm, on, the, I'm on the side here of Vancouver's live, okay? Vancouver's got a, a, a shot here tonight to pull the upset. Uh, against the Seattle Kraken. Yes, it's a back-to-back. -back. That does concern you. But the Vancouver to Seattle track record isn't horrible. And look, the 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 one detractor you could use to say, wait a minute, you're buying into this Vancouver team after how awful they've been? And uh, you could come back and say, okay, they looked dominant last night, and they did. They looked absolutely you know, in control of that game. They were swarming Chicago start to finish. They didn't give up much, okay? I think that's the key takeaway for me from that game last night. They didn't give up hardly anything to Chicago. Chicago's damn lucky they even got two goals last night. The shots were 48-14 to 14, uh, last night in favor of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. It was as good a defensive game as they've played all season in Rick Tockett's coaching debut. And it's again, we talked about how Rick Tockett is going to harp on this team improving defensively. The forwards helping out and back-checking, uh, killing plays. That's uh, that's a word I've heard him use a, a couple of times already in his first couple days here as head coach. We want to get better at killing plays. Killing plays is a coaching buzzword or buzz term, if you will. It's a popular phrase when it comes to you know talking about defensive hockey. Killing plays means team has the puck. They're in the offensive zone. Either get a save, you, you block a shot, you get the puck back. That's basically killing a play, and that's basically what he's uh, trying to say here. Uh, and that's where the focus clearly is, and it has to be there for Vancouver because they've been a, just a, a nightmarish team in their own end. But that was a huge step in the right direction last night, 48-14, outshooting Chicago. They barely gave up anything in terms of quality chances, high-danger chances. Now, the comeback to that is, hold on now, that was Chicago, okay? Now you're going and playing Seattle. You know, who's had a terrific season to this point, one of the better teams in the Western Conference. This is going to be a whole hell of a lot tougher. And there is some of that element to this game. Let me see Vancouver do it against Seattle, that kind of defensive effort. Let's see Vancouver do it against Seattle. And someone, and, you know, let's not go crazy that they did that against the fucking Chicago Blackhawks, who, you know, are one of the worst teams in the NHL this season. I get that. There's an element of that. But we bet we bet prices. We don't bet teams. I've said that a bunch of times. You're getting a plus 150, plus 155 price here on this Vancouver team. Seattle's play has leveled off just slightly. Three of their last four games. Uh, uh, Spencer Martin probably is going to get back in net for the uh, Canucks tonight after it was uh, Colin Delia uh, last night. He has he struggled. Now we talk about on uh, Martin Jones. The last three starts has kind of uh, regressed a little bit. While Martin Jones has been on like a month long regression. I mean, he has given up three plus consistently. So it's not like it's uh, uh, a goaltender playing with great confidence. But like I said, uh, Vancouver wasn't defending well in front of Spencer Martin in any of those games. Let's give Spencer Martin a chance to play tonight against Seattle. 
with hopefully better defensive attention being paid by this uh, Vancouver Canucks team. And, and let's see if uh, he can maybe play better because the team will play better in front of him, something we have not seen here in the last month. And it's hard to overlook the fact that the Seattle Kraken in six games against the Vancouver Canucks have never beaten the Vancouver Canucks. Never. Vancouver is 6-0 and head-to-head against the Seattle Kraken since they have entered the league. So uh, obviously this is probably the best shot that they have had to beat the Vancouver Canucks. But the last time they played Vancouver, they were up very comfortably. They let it slip away. They lose 6-5 to in a shootout. And that was Vancouver making it six consecutive games victorious over the Seattle Kraken. Um, I just think in this game, in this spot, there was I was waiting to see what we would get from Vancouver and would there be a hangover. There was a lot of players emotional following the exit of Bruce Boudreaux in that final game against Edmonton. And albeit it was Chicago, which is the big asterisk, it was a whopper of an asterisk. Yeah, it was against Chicago, but it was a workmanlike effort. It was a team effort. It was as good a defensive game as this team has played all season. There's no question about that. When's the last time Vancouver's held anybody to 14 shots on goal? So to me, at the price we're getting, we've got Vancouver 6-0 and against Seattle head-to-head since these teams, uh, you know, have, uh, since Seattle joined the league. I'm on Vancouver here, taking a shot with the underdog in this spot at plus 155 in this one. Uh, Totals-wise, I think it could go either way. Um, remember, last night's game went over uh, still, and Vancouver's been a team I've been riding over the total. But there's also a part of me that says, lucky as shit for that game to go over the total. It took an empty net goal from Vancouver. You know, they did all the scoring. They got all the offense, all the chances. And, and you know, Chicago didn't generate anything. Um, but, you know, you look at this, um, it's, it's one of those situations, I think for Vancouver, where they are trying to play better defensive hockey and I would lean over. I would, I would lean over in this game because five straight head to head meetings have gone over the total. There is an element of fatigue that could, you know, because they expended a lot of energy defensively last night against Chicago. Can they do that again here against a better team? There is some truth to that, but I think in general, this team wants to play tighter hockey, tighter checking, better defensive hockey, better in their own end. They don't want to be in these five, four, six, five type of games routinely. Yet that is what we've pretty much seen with Vancouver versus Seattle. Again, five straight overs, five, two, five, two, five, two, five, four, six, five high scoring one after another. So if I were to play the total, I'd play it over, but I'm concerned that the philosophy that Vancouver is going with under Rick talk, it doesn't jive with that. They're trying to be better defensively. They're trying, you know, to uh, not be involved in these uh, track meets and trying to keep the goals against down. So for that reason, like last night, I was not really in love with the over for Chicago, Vancouver, yet it still got there. Uh, Vancouver is trying to play more of a defensive-minded game, and that kind of tempers my enthusiasm with the over tonight, but I still lean that way just based on strictly series history, which is hard to deny that five straight head-to-head meetings with the uh, Canucks and the Kraken uh, have gone over the total here uh, in this game. So I lean over. But I will for sure take a shot here with uh, Vancouver at uh, plus 150, uh, plus 155 in this one. Again, six wins for the Canucks over the Kraken. The Kraken are winless since joining the league as a franchise against the Vancouver Canucks. All right, good stuff. Thanks to everyone in the chat for uh, joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out if you're watching on YouTube. And we thank all of our uh, podcast listeners as well uh, for joining us here and in the game. And by the way, this is a good prop game potentially. Kuzmenko. Solid uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Someone to watch for, two guys to watch for that have been ridiculed at times for the Vancouver Canucks. JT Miller in particular, I thought that was one of his better games last night of the season. Maybe, you know, Rick Todd. And remember, Miller's the one guy that had an issue with Boudreaux. Okay, he's the one guy where really there was a coach and player disconnect between JT Miller and Bruce Boudreaux. So Tockett coming in might be a good thing for Miller. You know, maybe a look at props with him. Connor Garland, very noticeable last night. Had a bunch of chances. I thought one of his better games. He has a history and a connection with Tockett. Back when they were both in Arizona, he was the player there for the Coyotes. Garland and Tockett was the coach. So, you know, definitely Garland and Miller are two that you can consider on the Vancouver side. You know, and as far as the Seattle side goes, Matty Beneers, it goes without saying. 
Vince Dunn has been a point machine from the blue line lately for them. Um, Donato, Donato's pizzas, I like to call him, has stepped up lately offensively. Ellie Tolvanen, who has been a different player since the uh, Kraken, uh, claimed him off waivers from Nashville. So it's not a bad game to look at some player props either here with uh, Vancouver, Seattle. All right, we got best bets coming up right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys, that's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscaped.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and we are ready to wrap the Wednesday edition with best bets uh, for the uh, Wednesday uh, card. Let me just check and see if Alex uh, B. Smith sent me his uh, best bet. He did send me the card, which I'm going to list right now. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, Alex has two plays tonight. Uh, he's on Vancouver, Seattle, first period over two, plus 115. All right, so that's Canucks cracking first period over two, plus 115. And he does have a best bet, and it's the New York Rangers, plus 135. Uh, against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, the first of the uh, two games on the TNT doubleheader. By the way, Columbus-Edmonton is the second game of that TNT doubleheader tonight. So uh, New York Rangers plus 135, uh, best bet here for uh, Alex B. Smith tonight. And Alex should be back with us tomorrow on the uh, Thursday edition of the show. And by the way, we're going to have Jimmy Murphy on Friday. I believe we're going to have Nate Rapensky back on Friday as well. He's been on the show a few times with us. Uh, and he's probably, and he will be back for sure. He will be on the show with us for sure on Friday. Uh, and we might have a guest on Saturday as well. Uh, not confirmed yet, but uh, we'll let you know once that's confirmed later in the week. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. And a reminder too, if you didn't hear it uh, previously, we will be taking four days off during the All-Star break. We'll be off Thursday through Sunday next week. All right, no shows for those four days. Our final show pre-All-Star break will be next Wednesday, uh, February the 1st. And then we'll be off until Monday. And that's when we will return Monday, February the 6th, following uh, the All-Star break. So just be aware of that. Uh, best bet for me, uh, Jackets, Oilers, over 6.5, minus 130. A lot of goals I expect in that game. Most of them from Edmonton. We've seen 5-2 final scores in each of the last two head-to-head -head meetings between those two teams. I think we get something similar tonight. 
Let's go Columbus. Edmonton over six and a half, minus 130 uh, for my best bet here for this Wednesday night NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat uh, for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast. In audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 